That was pronounced Cydipides. Okay, that's what I thought. It took me a while to get there, but that's eventually what I settled on. I was like, that's probably how it's yeah, pronounced. Yeah, it, it's based off of Phidippides, the runner, back in like Greece and Athens and shit. So you take that, you take the phi out, replace it with psi because of Kappa Kappa Psi, my fraternity. And that is my, that's actually my fraternity nickname. So, yeah. What's a fraternity? Do you guys not have those up there in Canada? So Christopher's being tongue-in-cheek. He knows what it is, <laughs> but we don't have them up here, no. I, so, I have a vague idea of what they are okay. from watching movies and TV. Gotcha. But 80s no, movies. But we, you yeah, show up, you have to wear tidy whities you get hazed. <laughs> Some, yeah. Eventually, by the end of the night, you'll end up fucking a goat, you know? <laughs> Stealing a goat, Christopher. Stealing. I know you get those confused. But... <laughs> But no, I'm kind of a Greek life junkie. I did that a lot in my in my nine years of college or university, rather. So, wow, how many times did you fail? We want information, information, information. Who are you? The new number two. Who is number one? You are number six. I am not a number. I am a free man! <laughs> Salivations, ex-humans, to another episode of Alphanumeric, a reboot podcast brought to you by the one and only Lasercomb Productions. Today, I am jo joined by the one and only Christopher Siege. variations, listeners. Oh, geez. That <laughs> might not even be a word, but I would believe whatever definition Christopher gave me. <laughs> I am another one of your hosts, NeoCal. And today we have a special guest host, Lady Glitch. Hello, friends. How are we doing? How are we doing? Well, I am doing well. Christopher is free from his um his workplace for a little while mm -hmm. um but Siddler, yeah, right i spend my time singing mm -hmm. i want to break free long enough and eventually it happens so <laughs> it just yeah. it just happens <laughs> um Snidler has some personal uh re really bad string of luck and i i wish him the the best it's not health related so anybody listening, it's just, mm -hmm. it's, it's automotive plus pet related. It's, it's an unfortunate sequence of events. It, that is, that is apt. Yes. <laughs> um, but lemony snickets all up in this motherfucker. It, it's, it's little lemony <laughs> yes. snickets. Um, tastes a little lemony snickets. Uh, but <laughs> we're talking about a very special episode today. Um, it is called Number Seven, the seventh episode of season three. And it came of the out. The 1960s British TV series, The Prisoner. 
<laughs> Funny that you should mention that. Chris <laughs> uh, How do you find him there? <laughs> and this came out October first, nineteen ninety-seven. Uh, and apparently, oh, March twenty-sixth, nineteen ninety-eight, in the UK. Ooh. Oh, we got it first. Hmm. Uh, by a, a long time. That's uh that that hasn't really been the trend. Thus what far happened in, in the season, UK? They went six months three. without a ep- new episode of Reboot. <laughs> maybe, maybe they went on uh maybe they were dealing with it with a uh, a virus or uh, a, a GameCube of their own. Mm, True. Perhaps. I like that idea. So um and by virus, I just realized I'm like, eh, in the, in the state of the world right now, that's <laughs> not what I was alluding Christopher, to. Christopher, <laughs> silence. <laughs> I mean, I mean virus in the, uh, the, the, of the megabyte and or hexadecimal variety. I'm talking about reboot here. It has nothing. It yeah, has what? nothing to do with Damon, a super virus. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. <laughs> the Damons are coming. Let loose the dogs of war and <laughs> something about viruses. Yes. Man. Uh, so what I would like to do is say welcome to the show, Lady Glitch. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Uh, we initially discovered you on Twitter. Uh, you discovered us and found out that you're a Reboot fan. Oh yes. Actually, uh, she reached out to me on Instagram a while back. It was Instagram back. first. Yes, right. I, I actually went back through my posts and saw our first interaction, Christopher, and that was back in January when I yeah, posted my you... box set. Yeah, so, and you were tell, telling tell me about, about that. that. Yeah, that uh, Retrofied magazine, which I still haven't read. I bought it, but I still haven't read it. I just got issue number two yesterday. It's on my coffee table. Oh, nice. Yes. But yeah, the box set. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Uh, of... Go ahead. What about it? I was just going to say I posed with the um, the DVDs fanned out in my next photo after that, saying "Can't talk now, can't talk now," doing hot reboot shit or something like that, or hot Love nerd it. shit. Yeah. And that was a fantastic weekend. I just binged the entire thing. Nice. Yes. <laughs> so, as um, if you're watching us on YouTube, um, you may notice that. Um, that uh, some of her home has some uh, reboot. Oh, yes. There's my shrine right back there. Got like toys, hand painted icons, pins, all kinds of stuff. And then I also have a purple overlay in my house. So I literally live in a GameCube. Oh, shit. Oh, they, they live inside of a, a GameCube. Yes, what game is playing? Uh, the, the one where we're recording about an episode. Because oh. this is a game. Whoa, that is <laughs> that is oddly deep, which kind of connects to what what this episode is about. Exactly. Uh, b- before we get into this very psychedelic episode of reboot, mm-hmm. um, one thing that uh, we like to do on each of the shows is whenever we have a new guest or whenever we're opening something, we ask what your first interaction with when you were younger, um, what your first interaction with Reboot was. Okay. Let's see if, if I can recall, because this, you know, a million years ago. Um, of course. My, yeah. 
this was back, I think, 99-ish. I was in seventh grade. It came out on Toonami down here in the States. Mm. And I, I want to say my first episode was in season two. It might have been High Code. And oh, God. I know, and you were right? like, oh, I'm never watching this again. <laughs> <laughs> what an introduction. Right? I mean, so, to be fair, though, that kind of sets the bar low. So you could, you could follow that up with literally any other episode, and it would be infinitely better. But here's the problem, though. High Code and When Games Collide are back-to-back, and I don't like both of those episodes now as an adult. But yeah, then- yeah we, we were, we were kind of iffy, I think, on When Games Collide. If yeah. I recall. And then Bad Bob comes along. It's like, okay, this doesn't suck as much as I thought it was. So you keep going with season two, and then season three shows up, and it's like, hot damn, here we go. And then I hit high school, and season four comes out, and I'm like, okay, here we go in the infinite loop of halfway through season four back to season one. So that just kind of continued throughout until I graduated in 05. So. Hmm. And that have been kind of hot and cold over the last like decade and change with binging and then forgetting about the show. And then last August, I saw something on IMDb saying, hey, who remembers Reboot? And I'm like, oh, my God, I remember that. So I found all the episodes on YouTube. I binge them over two days. And I'm like, I need to find the community. So I just jump on social media and there y'all are. Amazing. So you got like rehyped on reboot right around the same time me and Cal first started podcasting about Beast Wars. Mm-hmm. Interestingly enough. Yep. Yeah, I'm I'm rehyped about reboot. I feel it's it's weird. Like I haven't watched the show in decades, and I'm on a show about it. And like Christopher and Snidler and yourself, you all have like paraphernalia that mm-hmm. makes it sound illegal um, you all have, <laughs> good you you all have like tokens or art or whatever mm-hmm. and well i guess technically i have art um of reboot and i'm like am i, am I not like rebooting hard enough but every everybody everybody does their own thing yeah, I am yeah. running out of floor and counter space, so I'm trying to downsize my trinket and figure collection. Like, I, I want to oh. get rid of half my stuff. Well, can't you just get creative and just start hanging shit on the walls? I I, I don't want to do that. I'm moving soon. Oh, okay, so that makes sense. <laughs> downsize, and then when I find a new place, depending on if it's smaller or bigger, continue or... Mm-hmm. or go on to the walls. There you go. We'll, we shall see. <laughs> so, Cheers. How about That's this episode? Mine. Yes, this episode. Oh shit, someone called the cops. No, that's an ambulance going down. They there. heard me talking about paraphernalia. <laughs> Reboot paraphernalia. <laughs> oh. Okay, so this episode... Hey, that looks like a big bong. <laughs> hey, that looks like a big bong too. Looks like a bad bong. <laughs> so, so joke it, joke relating to the the clerks cartoon, which I just binged through two days ago. Nice. Um, do you want to say something about that now or later, Siege? Um, I'll talk about it after it launches. But it, I, I did oh, okay. it. Uh, I did it for a project that's coming up uh, in maybe maybe next week. Maybe Here's that might open, be launching next people. week. Yeah, the mysterious. Laser comb project depends so on other you... people's availability. So sometimes a system 
in Reboot is a desert with a whole bunch of crystalline cities. And sometimes it's like mainframe, an ocean of like energon surrounding like a single city. And then other times it is a planet made entirely of satellites. And that's like, where we are. And that's, is that's this where one we of are. those times, good sir? I, I I think I think it is. This is this is weird. It's just like a Borg sphere. Uh, kind of scary you, looking. Wait, when you look at the planet uh, as the in the shot as the GameCube is coming down, it mm -hmm. kind of looks like a giant golf ball. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I noticed that too. Which the game that they that the GameCube that comes down is a golf game, so I feel mm -hmm. like that's probably oh, intentional. The it's not until they're on the planet that you can see all the satellites. Right. Yeah. Oh, see, I actually didn't even catch that. Yeah, it's vaguely. It's got yeah, little and yeah, stuff. you can, but you can see all the mm -hmm. in like the indentations of the satellite dishes, so it kind of gives the illusion. It gives like, a it vibe. It, it, yeah, it's evocative of a golf ball. I I agree. Now that I went back mm -hmm. and and looked at it, so this whole system planet a system can be all sorts of things. My mind is being blown all the time. Um, gets games like any other system. We don't see any sprites or binomes in the system. It's just a bunch of satellites. Bunch of satellites and um, the uh, the dream team, Matrix mm -hmm. and Andre and Frisket going, going in up a... in an elevator. And then an elevator. Yeah, yeah, and Enzo is like basically bitching about how he's like getting sick of playing all the games and because they they never lead back to mainframe yeah it's like i'm emo i am despondent i will never survive 2021 because i don't have any instant gratification about going back to my home awfully judgmental yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that i would See, I, survive I, I, 2021 i i was just thinking you know like uh like sexy man child who is kind of feeling defeated right now, but Christopher, we're talking about <laughs> well, the show. <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about reboot, not me. Okay. Are we... <laughs> oh, sorry. He were talking about matrix. <laughs> um... <laughs> so, but you're, you're both right. Um, his ability to cope with something Maybe to us, we, we see in between, we see little snippets of their lives, but maybe they've done this thousands of times and he's becoming frustrated. Yeah, that, that's yeah. my takeaway. Yeah. yeah. And so I, I actually don't, when I was a kid, I, I was like, oh, blah, blah, blah. I don't care about his feelings. As an adult, I kind of jive with Matrix more. Yeah. And this is why I love this episode so much is because we're going to be taking a deep dive into Matrix, Matrix's psychology and how he's been thinking all the way up through season three until this point. So, mm -hmm. yeah, it's a good bridge in a way mm -hmm. yeah, to deal also, with what he's buried. Oh, definitely. And in his opening dialogues with Andrea, he mentions we're not in control here. The user decides where we go. Exactly. And if you think back to episode four of season three, Game Over, in that scenario, he also drops the line, we are not in control here because it's up to the user. So we're seeing a bit of a 
bit of a thing going it, on here. It discusses so his desire so, to be in control of situations a mm -hmm. lot. Yeah. So apparently the user of this computer really likes this golf game so much <laughs> that he isn't lending the floppy disk to his buddies. Yeah. So they can go to other systems. They just keep yeah, I was gonna ask the you. <laughs> yeah. I was gonna ask you because he says this is is it the like the fifth time? The they, fifth time, yeah. yeah. So that's interesting. I don't know if they've ever mentioned that. They can system hop, but sometimes even if they go into AI mode, mm -hmm. they can end up in the same system when yeah. the game so, Christopher, I, you kind of just answered the next question I was going to have. How's that possible, and how can they leave if they wanted to? It's because he hasn't lent anybody else in the office his floppy <laughs> disk of um, like cute animal golf. Of, like, Mario golf, yeah. Yeah, I love, I love that idea. <laughs> and that's why yeah, they're, they've that's, been in this That's system. my theory. <laughs> I, I like it. Yeah, so I'll, well, I'll talk about it more when we get there, but I love the tiger user at the end. Mm -hmm. It is like the cutest thing I've ever seen in this show. <laughs> it's like a chubby little um uh oh geez, why can't I remember? What was that um little cartoon with the um the tiger and the little boy? It's a stuffed animal, but it's like a little comic in newspapers. Um Calvin and Hobbes. Yeah. Hobbes. Okay. Yeah, um, it kind of looks like a, a very cute, like the stuffed animal version of of the tiger from that. Mm -hmm. Presumably Hobbes. I get the same vibes from that. Plot twist. It was Calvin all along. Oh, damn. <laughs> Calvin's the user. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, they, they go up into the game and it's golf again. Fair away, Frolics. Fairway Frolics. Uh, what a name for a golf game. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whenever uh, Matrix uses Glitch, and he's like, oh man, it's not working. How is he? How is this still surprising to him? <laughs> Sometimes he'll throw it on the ground. Sometimes he'll be like, oh, it's not working. And it's like, it hasn't worked for years, bro. Mm -hmm. It's like... I could say get a new one, but you just can't do that. No. Yeah, there's. You think you'd find someone? Um, what's the head of a system called again? Like Fong.com? or yes. system admin? Yeah. System. Uh, so Fong is system. Command. Fong is the command.com. No, he's not. Yeah. He's a system. He's a system admin, but dot is the military command.com. So Fong has never really had that role of command.com. He even referred in season one as the command.com as tried at every upgrade to delete megabyte so he's referring to somebody else the reboot wiki lied to me then he's referring to someone else i thought it was just kind of like a nebulous power it could not be that like an too. individual it's a thing. right like a, a, a principle yeah. yeah was number what what was um wise one from that one episode they the called him the command.com and that was an individual yeah yeah so before that it could take on different forms in different systems. Yeah, I'd always thought like it was a kind of just like the system programming. I didn't realize it was an individual. But like mm -hmm. you said, the rules are very ambiguous. Yeah. When dot is the command.com of mainframe right now, correct? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Interesting. 
What was she before? Was uh, she always? Command.com in training, especially in season two. Interesting. Because after you get done with the identity crisis thing, it's like Fong put her through those tests at the end of season one to kind of prove her worth. And oh, that's a good starts, way of looking at she it. She starts getting more and more military-ish responsibilities, especially in like Bad Bob when she's on the outside directing people around and they're all on the inside in the game. So is that that was a that's an interesting point when she's on the outside mm-hmm. trying to fix everything. Uh, she's always, even from episode one, season one, has been like economically repairing and fixing mainframe. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And then, I, go ahead. And then when uh, a giant null monster attacked mainframe, her and four other teenagers with attitudes <laughs> were rec- <laughs> recruited by Zordon. <laughs> A little wild. <laughs> I wish we, we could have seen that again. But I mean, that's when things picked up pace. Mm-hmm. Like every episode led into the other. And yeah, that, that's when the no show longer started neb- becoming serialized. Mm-hmm. It was no longer um, like a nebulous amount of time in between the episodes. It, right. it picked up right from the previous one. Yeah, I think into I, these arcs. Yeah. I, I think it's. Do you feel like there's at least some large amount of time in between these recent episodes and we're just getting glimpses of the systems that Andrea and Enzo are in? I think so. I mean, between Game Over and Icons, there is obviously a significant amount of time, but it's never been specified how much. Could be a week, could be months. Mm-hmm. Right. And we know how time is conv- convoluted in this show. It so. is. We've, I've never been able to figure it out. And as far as I can tell, there's no definitive answer. I think time is whatever the writers want it to be in any given episode. Yeah. How dare you? (laughs) (laughs) So it's interesting. It's whatever Gotham needs it to be, damn it. (laughs) It's whatever mainframe needs it to be. Uh, So it's interesting. We'd always seen it, but we've never seen anyone playing golf. There Mm. has always been that one uh, rich district in mainframe. Beverly Hills. That's golf. It's all the, the 3D golf courses laid are, layered mm-hmm. on top of each other. So that's where they're in right now. Well, mm-hmm. don't they go to that in uh, Gigabyte? Yes, they, like, they, 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 they separate. Yeah, yeah, they yep. detach it. And then uh, with the intent Enjoy of your like, golf. marooning him out there and then mm-hmm. like hack slash. and or slash fucks slash. it up. <laughs> I was just going to say that. Possibly both. <laughs> yeah. Who so, can say uh, which one? The the game they're in. There's no, no way it was to know. slash. It was slash because Hack got his energy deleted. So lies. There's no way to know. <laughs> <laughs> Christopher will will never never know. No. No. It's a mystery. <laughs> it's like how does the how does the moon stay in orbit? Nobody knows. Magic. Cheese. Cheese. Right. McDonald's the cheese hamburgers. Gods. The cheese gods. <laughs> so there's you guys this... remember those uh, Moon Man, like those old, like probably actually probably not because of I'm slightly older than you two. Um, but, but back in the like late '80s, McDonald's had these like commercials that had this dude called Moon Man, and it was literally a dude in a suit like playing piano, like singing like jazz, and his head was like a crescent moon nope 
Look it up. It, it they're on you. The commercials are on YouTube. Or were they parodying an old black and white movie? Well, those are definitely from McDonald's. They okay. might have been parodying something. But okay, okay. Look up Moon Man, McDonald's Moon Man on YouTube. I will like, definitely do that. Yes. They're pretty. They're pretty wild. <laughs> Just old McDonald's. Oh, you want to see wild? Look up Japanese McDonald's commercials. Hmm. Some of them are scary, and some of them are like sexy. It's interesting. W- yeah, Some of them like are both at the same time with with like models that are dressed like Ronald McDonald, and like they like lick like ketchup that drips off the burger off their face. I've it's seen weird. memes of those. Yeah, yeah. I it's never knew the context. Weird. Yeah, their Japanese Ronald McDonald is so high energy. Anyways, we're not talking about McDonald's here. <laughs> we're back uh, in we're the game. Talking about. <laughs> the game and the game is mainframe and at first matrix is like i didn't like the episode where he deludes himself um in the last one where he's like oh it has to be bob and i was afraid that was gonna happen here but i i appreciate that he checks himself real quick and andrea supports him and he's like uh you're right it can't be mainframe Uh We're, we're in a game and he's like, well, oh, what if it like, what if they copied the whole of mainframe into it? And Andrea's like, is that possible? And he's like, no. Yeah. So like, he knows it's not real. Yeah, like yeah. Andrea's being logical about everything, like she, like she is. And Matrix is like trying to emotionally reason if it is mainframe or not. It's another he like quickly dynamic. comes around. Yeah. I I like that. Yeah, he yeah. quickly comes around. But all it would take is a few minutes in this place to realize something's off. Yeah, especially when glitch doesn't work. That's the first clue, right? Mm-hmm. Because in the very least, it's always shown um, game stats or system stats have always worked. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I watched this this morning. Um, I was ahead of the episode very quickly. I'm like, oh, yeah, I, I see what's happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think some even, kind as of dream kid, sequence. even as a kid, I'm like, oh, something's weird, right? Like yeah. It's, yeah. it's accessing his memories, or it's a dream, or like Something. so, something's off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like all the acting, right? Like it's like actors playing Dot and Bob. Mm-hmm. I have never seen Bob so angry before. Please, Bob, don't hurt Hack and or Slash. <laughs> and um, yeah, that bit's weird. It, yeah. it it opens weird, yeah. So Dot and and Bob, Bob, um, who is now voiced by Cheetor from Beast Wars. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and. I, I guess he catches up to Hack and Slash, and they're like, oh, you're not angry with this, Bob? And he's, he's like, like, no. I'm not mad at either one of you. Now, assume the position, and I'm like... I, I was like, <laughs> hold on. <laughs> hold up. On? And they, they turn around and gets bend Gets out over. a giant fucking golf club, and he's like, now, assume the position, and I'm like... Uh... <laughs> He pulls out a big driving okay. iron, <laughs> like <laughs> comically like large. Yeah. And, and they uh, assume indeed. the position and bend over, and he fucking he fours them. Back to the tour. 
Yeah, back to the tour. He even says, look at that, a hole in one, because they they land right through the opening at the top. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Dot's like, are you happy now? Well, actually, yes, I am. <laughs> he even does this thing, which happens a lot. And before mm -hmm. Christopher brought to light, that he, he goes, be seeing you. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Christopher, now is a good time more than ever. Is this episode perhaps um, close to a certain old TV series? Uh, just a little bit. Um, can you can you give us the rundown of it? There was a uh, British television television series in the 1960s called The Prisoner that was basically about this dude who ends up getting knocked out and he wakes up in his flat and everything seems normal at first but what ends what he ends up discovering is that like his flat is in this village that's been like th this like artificial village and everyone in it nobody has names they all have numbers designating them like <laughs> cat just <laughs> That was a weird oh. sound for a cat. Oh. <laughs> a wild cat appears. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so the, the, yeah, everybody in the town has, uh, doesn't have names. They have numbers. The uh, protagonist of the show who is never named is known as number six. The name of this episode is number seven. Cause and it's the seventh episode. It's the, seventh, mm -hmm. it's the seventh episode. There's another character. One of the other main characters in the show is number two. And there's this big mystery about, like, who is number one in the show. And number one seems to be the, like, nefarious mastermind uh, behind everything going on in this weird, like, recreated version of number six's town that he lived in. Um, it's also very zany. It's kind of it's, scary. <laughs> it's very surreal. Surreal. It's a really, really surreal show. Um, I watched it. I watched a few episodes of it when I was a teenager, so like about twenty years ago now. Um, haven't seen it since, but like even what, even now, watching this episode, I'm like, oh yeah, okay, they're doing the prisoner. I I had no idea before you you mentioned it, and like to to jump ahead a little bit, like it throughout this episode, like the the big mystery that is like that Enzo is chasing down is like, who is number one? Everything mm -hmm. culminates in a big like courtroom thing, which is what happens in the, the prisoner hack and or slash sing dry bones, which is a <laughs> bit that happens in the prisoner. Uh, the spoilers, I guess. Uh, but the end of the episode, number one ends up getting revealed to be Enzo himself. And in the prisoner, number one, our number six finds out that number one is actually like a reflection of like the evil within himself. It's all very surreal and kind of meta. Mm -hmm. So this yes, is pretty this, much, this is literally just like spot on like the prisoner. Pretty much everything in this episode is just homaging that series. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we'll, it, it, it's definitely like a very close, like, very close copy but it is interesting oh, and, in and, the context of the show sorry go ahead mm -hmm. uh and yeah everybody in uh, a lot of the the throughout that series a lot of the townsfolk do the whole like be seeing you thing mm -hmm. 
even the hand gesture. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's it's funny that they mix golf <laughs> in <laughs> with this. Um, and in the context of that TV show, The Prisoner, breaking it, even though it's almost like paint by numbers, like copying that show, it's still an interesting episode because of like what it explores with individually uh, Matrix himself. With Enzo as a character, yeah. Yeah, I, so I, it's not, it doesn't take away from the the the, the importance of the episode. I, I think, um, but it is important to mention gonna, what it references. I'm gonna find out what my cat wants. Okay. Okay. Yeah, we can can continue. Yeah, because I was gonna it. pick. I was gonna piggyback off of that and say not only this is this really good for uh, Matrix's character development, but it's also really good for Andrea because as we're gonna see very shortly, she reboots into hexadecimal, and when I study Andrea from that perspective. She's always been very logical, very cool-headed, etc. And now she gets to play with her emotions and explore those a little bit more on the spectrum of emotion that Hexadecimal also shows us in previous seasons. Hmm. So it's kind of like she, even even though Andrea, because. Andrea and like Frisket aren't real because this is all in Matrix's head, right? Mm -hmm. But it is interesting that Andrea, after she, so we'll just talk about that that now. Um, Andrea reboots as Hexadecimal. Matrix reboots as Megabyte, Megabyte. and Frisket uh, reboots as Scuzzy, mm -hmm. the little round like. Like dog cat thing. thing, cat cat dog thing, cat dog <laughs> that accompanies hexadecimal. And you're right; she slowly kind of like lets herself fall into the role more and more, mm -hmm. lets mm -hmm. herself be chaotic and like wild. Yeah. And it, it puts us in that already. Oh, I, I'd like to point out, by the way, a classic mm -hmm. hexadecimal, not reborn hexadecimal. Right, we're talking like season one hex right now. Yeah, um, the design is season one hex, not mm -hmm. um, garter, like, fetishy. Fetish gear, yeah. Fetish yeah. gear. Yeah. That being said, still very fetishy, but mm -hmm. less so. <laughs> yeah. And to actually piggyback off of that, I can appreciate the fact that we see dot season three dot body in season one dot clothes. Like, they kept that. Oh, I noticed the face. Yeah, yeah like and, the eyelashes. And, 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 and yeah. the goods and all the other things, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no BS and P here. There's no need nope. for uh, mono boob anymore. Nope. <laughs> bodysuit, Instagram bodysuit. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting. Throughout this, sometimes they sound like. Sometimes they sound like megabyte or hexadecimal, mm -hmm. and but most of the time they sound like themselves. Themselves. Yep. But the game sprites in this episode don't only hear Megabyte's voice or Hexadecimal's voice, it seems. Mm -hmm. um, one would and, assume, yeah. One would assume, yeah. yeah. And um, not to jump ahead too much, but it's interesting that they have to... Matrix has to deal with like the fear of 
his sister not recognizing him or not believing him. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting because she didn't really recognize his capabilities or take a lot of what he said seriously in, in the show. At least he felt that. Mm-hmm. But she did but, let him go off yeah. and do a lot of things, which is how he ended up leaving Mainframe in the first place. Right. Well, and also, like, if Enzo just showed up in Mainframe right now, would Dot even believe that it was him? Mm-hmm. I think if he didn't reboot as Megabyte, then yeah. <laughs> then <laughs> he could have walked up and been like, how else did I get this tattoo? Because mm-hmm. the tattoo is the same one as his sister, and who else would no. remember It's a variation. That? It's a very it's slightly different. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Actually, and... I actually really want that tattoo. Side note. <laughs> hey, you only live once. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, but it, it it's interesting that the show has him as this big, gruff, like tough guy who like shoots viruses in the head to kill him. But the, so much of the show explores his like vulnerability and his like weaknesses mm-hmm. and his fears. That's right. Very surprising. Cause we were coming off of the decade where like men didn't have feelings and they fought predators like covered in mud. <laughs> holding machete. <Yeah>. Right? Like... <laughs> Come on, do it. Kill me. Do it now. Exactly. <laughs> so I, I actually really appreciate that watching it now. Absolutely mm-hmm. didn't understand or appreciate it as as a as a kid. Mm-hmm. That was also the uh, the decade where uh, where uh, individuals would walk around and stalk the night armed with swords and mm-hmm. challenge others to a duel in, in a dark alleyway. <laughs> in a dark it's just, alleyway, it's just Christopher's neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not far off from the neighborhood that I work in, but. <laughs> Minus the swords and add uh, trap per- orange traffic cones, then that's a perfect match <laughs> to what. Crap. And uh, throw in some crack pipes and uh, yeah, there you go. That's my neighborhood. <laughs> uh, so uh, there's there's some weird, I, I never noticed it till now, but because Andrea and Matrix are obviously romantic presumably sexually i don't i presume so mm-hmm. um, i don't even know how that would work partners in... uh, don't think about it too hard <laughs> um, seeing hexadecimal like with her arm draped around mexadecimal <laughs> uh, with her arm draped around megabyte is hey mexadecimal is like that's their couple name early thousand power couple name. megadecimal yeah yeah uh, it, it's a little weird, but I mean, they're, they're already very weird. So I don't know. Is it weird? Did you guys find hexadecimal like caressing megabytes muscles odd in the scene where they're watching Scuzzy? Right, right. Yeah, now and they're I looking through it, the looking weird. glass. See, it's only when I have it paused. I'm like, but but here's the thing, though. It's like, when has Andrea ever been like physical with Matrix? She touches his chest often. He does, and that can be like a touch of affection. But it's like we've never seen them like draped all over each other, even though this is a non-BSNP season. So I'm sure they've kissed. So we know deep down, 
Enzo, like Enzo's fantasy is that he really wants hexadecimal to just be all over him. I mean, does anybody <laughs> not want that? <laughs> yeah. So what they they look at uh, megadecimal, Andrea and Enzo um, look at. They're looking through Scuzzy's head looking glass yeah which is like a, a crystal ball and they hear the this game version of bob and dot talk mm-hmm. about we must never let them find number one and it's like number one is the objective of this game exactly they're like oh yep. okay so we have to find number one cool mm-hmm. now i actually want to jump back about 10 seconds before okay. that and um when Andrea suggests, hey, let's reboot and see what happens, Matrix is very resistant because he doesn't want to potentially reboot himself into little Enzo. That's important. Which I've worked hard to become what I am. I put that weak little boy behind me. There's nothing left in him left of him in me now. And my commentary to that is that we all have to remember where we've come from and that we are built on the foundation of what we did when we were younger. So as much as we would like to erase those like really shitty memories from our life, we always have to embrace them too. Cause that what we did back then makes us who we are now. I think he viewed all of his failures mm-hmm. as who he was, not who he is. Yeah. I would like, just like oh, to if say he was stronger. He could have saved Bob. If he was stronger, he wouldn't have lost the game. Right. Yeah. And go ahead, Christopher. Uh, I would just like to say that when I was an 11-year-old boy, I was watching Beast Wars and Reboot. So, yeah. And that built who you are today, so. Yep. Just reinforces that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's a good um, moment to touch upon. There's a, there's a little comedy moment where Megabyte Matrix is like in that mega chair. Mega. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm Ma- just Matrix say, bite. Yeah. That's Matrix right. bite. Yeah. Um, and he's like wiggling. Enzo bite. Enzo, Enzo bite. Enzo bite. There yeah. we go. And he's like, and I have feels- a knack for this. <laughs> he's like, this feels weird. He's like wiggling he's his like, butt around. He's like wiggling around that um, ball joint that's mm-hmm. his torso around. He's like, can you pass me my legs? <laughs> And I'm like, how did he get his legs before? Hack and slash? What, what if they weren't there? Did he just wait? Maybe Cyrus. Did he sl- <laughs> oh, Dang. Cyrus was the boot shiner, right? Yeah. Yes. So where where are we at here? Is, um, Hack see. and slash has three arms in the bed. I just... So they're ta- they're bickering. Hack and slash are bickering mm-hmm. to each other. And... Um, uh, Hack lifts up an arm to talk like this, and then um, the I can't even remember what order they are. I passed it, and the other one lifts up both arms, and then when it cuts back to the other one, there's just a third arm that comes up and and does this. So there's three arms. I just caught that. Nice. <laughs> like they're they they gesture with their hands a lot, and mm-hmm. like I think it was Hack. Um, three arms are just there to like triple emphasis and I was like you know what oh that, yeah yeah I've never noticed that before even though I yeah. just watched the episode and that's 
uh, I like that. Mm-hmm. It's like subtle little comedic moments like put in the show that shows like they really care. Yeah. And then there's also the dialogue between Andrea and Matrix about um, Enzo Bite telling them to be quiet. And she's like, oh, that voice is so strong and commanding. Definitely not a little boy's. But Matrix chimes in with, no, it is much worse than that. It's everything that I hate. Then Andrea brings up a point, is that everything you hate or everything you're afraid of becoming with the voice dip into hexadecimal. Mm-hmm. It's like, ooh, psychological matrix. Let's go. And he stops. It's like, this is too weird. Yeah. Yeah, and we get a little bit in the principal office with uh, uh, Bob, Dot, and Fong. Mm-hmm. Uh, Anything uh, important they say? Not really. No, they're just, like, they're just like, yeah, it's it's quiet. Megabyte has never like it. Megabyte has never been this quiet before. And uh, Fong's like, perhaps Megabyte has done an about face. And Bob's like, uh, changing I don't buy face that. is more hexadecimal style. Oh, and I'm yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, <laughs> right. <laughs> I missed that that deadpan joke. I watched it earlier too, but yeah. So Fong and the oh, others. And w- uh, one of the one of the CPUs like radios in and is like, "There's a bogey heading toward the principal office." Oh, and it Dot's could be a like, birdie. <laughs> a birdie or a bogey? Mm-hmm. Definitely uh-huh. a bogey. Bogey, a bogey and, named Megabyte. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, <laughs> that was okay, that dude. was an important that was an important bit of dialogue. And really. really and a really low res, like no reflection version of Specs is in that video call. Weirdly enough, that. not voiced by Scott McNeil in this really? in this shot. Yeah. He was busy doing Scotty things. Maybe he was in California. Visiting. <laughs> Visiting original Bob. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like seeing after all this time, seeing Bob and um dot again and them being like skeptical and and dumb <laughs> i'm like hey i i know it's not them and that's the point but mm-hmm. it's weird that they're showing the viewer this much of their dialogue when it's not about them and it's not really them i, 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 I feel like there's wasted you too yeah. i feel like it's wasted airtime by having the focus be on them yeah, I think I think what they were going for was they were trying to make it feel like an old like an old episode of reboot. But but we don't want that. <laughs> but but none cool. of this has anything to do with like what's going on with Enzo and what's going on with his emotional journey that he seems mm-hmm. to be going so through. So why does this matter in hindsight? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Agreed. Like I get what they were probably going for, but I don't think it works. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't think it expands on anything either, because they don't act like Bob. If they had acted like how Enzo imagines them to be, that would make more sense, right? But they they don't act like Bob or Dot at all. 
Mm-hmm. So it's it's a little bit weird. Um, did Megabyte always have that air hog, that air chopper? That he probably drag. did in storage, but he never used it until now. Oh, because briefly. No, we, we, we saw him use it in Firewall. Briefly. Oh, right, 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 briefly. Right, right. We yeah. don't get a lot, of, a, a lot of shots of it. We only see him from like the waist up, like driving it. We never see any like full shots of it. You're right. Because. Yeah. 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 It yeah, looks rad. I want it. Yeah, it's pretty dope. Mm-hmm. I want one. So Enzo Bite, I'm sure it would be what? Only like two hundred, three hundred thousand dollars Yeah, only. It's fine. Only. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so Megabyte... You take it out of the Patreon fund. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> we'll be paying that off for decades. <laughs> uh, speaking of Patreon, this is a... I think this is a good time to, uh, to break for a little word about the Lasercomb Patreon. Do you want to hear more laser comb content each week? Is one episode of Too Much Energon or Alphanumeric just not enough? Then subscribe to the Laser Comb Patreon, where starting at a mere $5 Canadian per month, you get exclusive bonus recordings of Christopher Siege, NeoCal, and AP Sniddler shooting the shit, access to the Laser Comb Discord, monthly shoutouts, and more. Higher tiers include bonus video content, the ability to pitch future podcast content to us, a free t-shirt, and more. Support Too Much Energon and Alphanumeric by joining the Lasercomb Patreon today. <laughs> Look at all my Cheetors. Look at them. Behold. Behold the field upon which I grow my Cheetors. <laughs> uh, so yeah, where were we? Oh, um, Megabyte just walks straight into the principal office, and they're like, Megabyte, how did you get in here? And I'm like, he opened uh. the door. <laughs> he walks through. <laughs> uh, he, there he knocked, is a... and someone just let him in. I waited by the door, and when somebody else opened it, I just squeezed my way in. <laughs> is that illegal? To like enter an apartment or a condo like complex by just like waiting near the door and like squeezing in. I think nowadays it is. It yeah. didn't used to be. Man, because I do not hold I the door. I've done for that many people. times in my life. Mm-hmm. I do not <laughs> let other people in. Unless I know for a fact they live in the building. Like I know right. their name and I've, like I have an odd amount of. Um, co-workers that have been in and out of my building or or like I see them coming out and I'm like oh hey it's my neighbor but like if I don't recognize them man you're not getting in exactly I've even like safety's paramount nowadays yeah Mm -hmm. I've even opened it and somebody especially when um Amazon and other delivery drivers just drop the items like by the mail or outside your door Mm -hmm. you could sneak into a building and just walk through and like pick up packages get out speaking of uh just walking in and grabbing packages though that does not happen on this there's no package grabbing no but there's there's tea unfortunate (laughs) there's um a saucer and a teacup yep on a podium 
did it, was Fong drinking that, or I'm, mm -hmm. is that just there for dramatic effect? Fong was drinking it. Okay. Fong, Fong was having his hot chocolate. He was having hot chocolate. Okay. Moments. Some hot cocoa. Yes. Yeah. So Bob jumps at Enzo Bite, and he just like catches Bob, and he's like, "Hey, if this was actually a game, I could end it right now, but I but won't." But I'm not. <laughs> And he gently puts him down. He's like, and then in Megabyte's voice, he's like, I need you to trust me. And I'm like, maybe try the Enzo voice. <laughs> mm -hmm. But it was also <laughs> half and half until the phrase, trust me. And then he's Tony J jumps in with his gloriousness. Mm -hmm. Oh, long story short, they don't want to trust him. No. He's like, oh, sis, it's me. And I'm like, I. And he's like, I'm. Enzo, and he gives that ashamed facial expression because he's like, "Fuck, I have to refer to myself as my little kid version that I don't want any association with." Which has been shown that he he doesn't want to be called that, right. even by Andrea, which is curious. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, to quickly summarize, uh, they don't believe him, and so Bob like shoots uh, Enzo bite with a golden shower, and coming from glitch. <laughs> And they're all like, he's Particle going to be beam. There's going, he's going to be filed and <laughs> filed away. And uh, Enzo bites like, I don't want to be filed away. And a big arm comes and grabs him, lifts him up. And mm -hmm. it's going to pull him into a literal filing cap, drop him into a literal filing cabinet. And Enzo bite is all like, fuck that. And uses any viral his, corruption. Yeah. He uses mm -hmm. his megabyte powers to, yeah. Like, <laughs> that's a wild trip. Debriefed index, etc., which is yeah. an actual quote from the person. Yeah. That little chunk. Yeah. Not free, man. It's like, my life is my own. You won't hold me. Yeah. So, what happens after? Uh, that Hexadrea Hexadrea is Hexadrea is sitting in front of her uh, her like looking glass thing being all like happy sad, sad. happy sad. sad happy sad oh Intrigued. I've never been I've never been so in touch with my emotions which I'm like I'm kind of jelly <laughs> As someone who is like clinically emotionally unstable, I'm kind of. <laughs> Don't you wish you could just be like, okay? Yes, yes, I do. <laughs> I just did. I experienced and, all those emotions. And then I do that so much that I eventually just like go mad. <laughs> <laughs> what about all of the emotions at once? Uh, the DVD carved copy. like a smile on my face and like <laughs> <laughs> some sort of old jazz starts playing trumpet music <laughs> exactly mm -hmm. I hope to hear music like that and Christopher's inevitable descent into madness <laughs> <laughs> Well, I've got a saxophone back there from back in the day. I could you, probably... you should 
<laughs> provide background music for Christopher's <laughs> descent into my my descent. My descent into madness will be a weird like miasma between like death metal, country music, and eighties new wave. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> if you know anything that fits that. Send it our way so it could be Christopher's <laughs> theme song. Okay. <laughs> I just noticed the DVD copy of uh, of this calls um, Andrea Hex Dash Andrea. Oh. Oh. I next time I'll look to see what it calls um, Enzo. I'm. It's, prob I'm it's probably right just Enzo Dash Megabyte, right? The um. It says the... in normal voice or in megabyte. Yeah, I noticed that. Yeah. The um the the closed caption on Crave just says Andrea. Okay. So what do we got here? Um Enzo Bite comes back on his chopper. Mm -hmm. Wow, that thing is decked. Man, that is rad looking. Now that I'm seeing it up close. It's got missiles, it's got a sweet skull in the front. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's got everything. Everything and, uh, a growing boy needs. Andrea's like, that's a nice bike. And um, Enzo's like, what is it with you and bikes? Mm -hmm. and like, I feel like that's I feel like that's a long, long withstanding comment. That's mm -hmm. a that's a theme this season, definitely. Yeah. Oh, it's already been, yeah, a, a theme often. Well, this entire season, yeah. It's so like you got yeah. episode two, you've got episode three, you've got now. He's the one riding it this time. I know, but she still likes it. Give it to her. Right? And this is when things start to unravel, and it's like, mm -hmm. obviously, Andrea's acting weird, too. Right? Because mm -hmm. um, he says, I think she calls him Megabyte. Yeah, she's like, what's wrong with being Megabyte? And Matrix says, everything about Megabyte is wrong. But then she counters and says, is it really? The strength, the control, the power. Isn't that everything you've wanted? And he says, no, not like this and not at the expense of Bob and the others, which indicates like a lingering respect for Bob and the others. So when, I was watching, form. when I was watching this episode this morning and uh, uh, Hexadrea said that to uh uh enzo bite my first thought not gonna lie was like you know what i might actually be tempted by all of this how so i could probably her like reasoning there of being like isn't this everything you wanted like power control strength especially having it like thrusted upon him like this like if it were me i don't know especially with having like someone at my side like someone that is important to me someone that i love kind of being like hey you know it's okay i could probably i i might if i was in enzo's position here i'm not i i might get lost in it you just let it continue so if yeah. morpheus has a blue and a red pill in front of you 
you might take the blue pill and enjoy that steak <laughs> that Cypher wanted to eat so badly. Uh, yeah. You could you could get lost in the this reality it, in the Matrix. I can kind of see why Cipher wanted to go back. I wouldn't re like, I wouldn't do what he does in that film to, to get attain, to that point. That. Yeah, I wouldn't like kill the people that I've been like living and working with for like X number of years to do it. But I could see why he would maybe want to go back to that and just be ignorant to the reality of things. Yeah, he's like, I want to be rich. And I want like a hot wife and want to eat steak. Yeah. Cause like, what do they eat? They eat like protein slurry in, in, in the real world in Zion. But Matrix, I can dedicate a whole podcast or 10 to the Matrix. <laughs> We're talking about Reboot Matrix. And he's determined to prove to them that he's Enzo, not Megabyte. Even so if I have to defeat them there, all there's to do a, it. There, Sorry, yeah. go ahead. Go ahead and say. <laughs> I was going to say, even if I have to defeat them all to do it, claws out, unbridled rage. It's like, here we go. In Megabyte's voice. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, I love that bit where he's like, he's Hot like, power. I have to prove to them that I'm some, that I'm sincere, that I'm Enzo. And switches to Tony J's voice. even if, And he shoots his like Wolverine claws out, even if I have to delete them to do it. Right? Does he say delete or defeat? Del he says delete. delete. Okay. Yeah. That yeah. that was, that was, yeah. I misheard that. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah, he says delete, and uh, okay. they both cackle, or hexadecimal, hex Andrea cackle yep. villainously. <laughs> so I'm like, hold up, what is going on? Nobody's acting like themselves. Like, kid me was probably like, okay, so this, what's going on here? Like, it's clearly not reality, mm -hmm. or the game is like messing with everyone's head. Yeah, I always assumed mm -hmm. that Enzo was dreaming. It's weird that he acts like acts like um Megabyte. Like he gets lost in the role too. I think that is a a ref like I, I think that's a commentary on the fact that he's kind of like his journey through the games. He's kind of losing who he is. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's there. You go. There's the analogy, right? Yeah, I like symbolism. It. I mean, um. So when Enzo Bite comes out of his like secret hidey hole down that alleyway, there's a vid window that says Reservoir Ones. And it's quite clearly a Reservoir Dogs reference. It's got a whole bunch of one binomes wearing s different uh, suits with different colored ties and like oh, black yeah, white yeah. with blood splattered on it. Yeah, I just yeah. caught that. <laughs> reservoir the exact ones. same, yeah. The 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 Reservoir ones. It's the exact same font that's used on the the Reservoir Dogs poster with the blood yeah, yeah. over it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good catch. So they're fans. They're uh, Tarantino fans. <laughs> this was so, only a few years after that movie came out. Just uh, think about that for a second. 
Oh, I remember when my knees still worked. <laughs> I don't. They were bad at birth. Oh, Jesus. Actually. Stupid genetics. Yeah. So we get a scene where Enzo Byte and Hex Andrea are on the chopper. Heading yeah. to the diner. And they're driving towards the diner, and some interesting dialogue goes by. Mm-hmm. Not sure how to... Approach it? Y- yeah. And Cause, Any thoughts? Because Andrea is starting to like really get into her role as, as hexadecimal with that emotion spectrum that we talked about a, a couple of minutes ago. And um, Matrix is talking about ending the game, and... She goes completely viral, scary tooth mask and everything. She's like, smoking like a true virus. And he is like, dude, back off. You're getting way too much into your role right now. And then she like whacks him in the head and is like, lighten up, megabyte. And then he corrects her and says, that's Matrix. It's like, is he reclaiming his identity as Matrix right now? Like, is he having that war in his head between the he's, two? He's pulling away from the role. Because he says, this insanity stops now. Mm-hmm. And then we move on to a scene as he crashes into the diner, where now he has to confront that. Yep. So you're this right, is- I think yeah. he's putting that aside and he's addressing reality to some extent. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So when he gets into the diner, it's this weird like black void, and we see... Uh, Mike the TV and Cecil on a like teeter totter, like moving back and forth. And we see a uh, uh, a collection of 12 individuals in creepy, yeah, creepy. in bleachers. It's straight up from the prisoner. Yeah, it's the, they're they're the jurors, the jurors, the prisoners, which are horrifying. So yeah. there's a giant one by gnome. It's oh, like yeah. twice the size of a refrigerator. What is that supposed to be? And the that, top is all scratched. I don't know. Yeah, I'm about ready to come up on that. Um, maybe kind of like an audio speaker or a recorder. I was wondering or... if it was... A, yeah, because you know how there's always somebody who like types out the, the transcript yeah. and re- something like that? But like yeah, the I've scratches got... on it and it's big. Is it like a server? It's possible. It could be the data recording for the trial at hand, and I guess kind of like an audio um, stenographer kind of thing. Yeah, I, I just found it interesting. What yeah. does the reboot wiki say? It says there's a giant black one binome in this scene. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes, <laughs> sometimes the <laughs> the and he kind of has it. Sometimes the wiki is unusually. Un, uh, has a lack of detail or is just off. Um, mm. We've caught and edited like two or three like pretty big mistakes on the wiki. Uh, gotcha. Sniddler specifically has gone in <laughs> and done it. Yes, He's I have not editor. edited shit. <laughs> <laughs> We've caught it and Sniddler's been the the one to execute it. Nice. Yes, he, he is the one who is truly doing God's work. Yeah. <laughs> There's so yeah, many like, I don't know what that spelling is. errors on that wiki. Like it would take weeks to go through every article. Oh, yeah. Huh. 
And they're like, fireman poles? <laughs> sure, we'll go with that. Yeah, not. I wasn't thinking something else. I, I was thinking fireman poles. You jump down and, and they, they... I know. Yeah. Yeah, okay, okay. I'm glad we agree on that. That's a conversation for another podcast. Yeah. Oh, the, the jury's jan chant of Here Comes the Judge is from a 1960s song by Pigmeat Markham. Hmm. Huh. Interesting. What a great name. <laughs> Pigmeat Markham. I mean, it sticks with you, right? That Here sounds comes like the a judge. Here comes Pig the judge. Pigmeat Markham sounds like the name of a like NPC in Fallout 3. <laughs> <laughs> dog meat markham yeah but markham is m-a-r-k apostrophe e-m mm. yeah 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 uh the dog reboot wiki markham. says nothing about that giant of course ass, it, dude okay of course so it is it up for interpretation sweet yay i i think you are right it's kind of like a, a speaker slash recording mm -hmm. device slash server that yeah. To witness the trial, yes. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, everything goes pure insanity at this point. Yes. Um, Bob ascends from the ground behind a judge's uh, podium? podium. Oh, what's their? Yeah. Uh, and he even has a uh, hammer and man, help me out here. What gavel. is the, what is... Gavel, gavel. Thank, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Imagine having that power where there's a device just meant for you to slam and make noise so people listen. <laughs> Silence in court! You, you could just carry a gavel around and try that out in public. You can just yeah, I don't think it's the same. People. Or smack I, people, I, yes, I have a I'm feeling, on board. I have a feeling might I might get in trouble for that. In this day and age... Uh... So, the prosecution... Just say you're medically character. exempt. And I can get away with anything. And you right? can get away with anything. Yeah. <laughs> so Dot comes out and says, my lord. The, the defendant, defendant is charged. Go ahead. No, I'll yeah. let you. Fine, fine. The defendant is charged with believing that the ends justify the means and of becoming everything he claims to hate. Two separate things. Hmm. hmm. And uh, Enzo doesn't get a chance to talk. Uh, Enzo, Enzo bite. And he's like, your honor. And Bob ignores him and immediately turns to the jury and says, how do you find the defendant? Guilty! Guilty! It's like, where's my defense? Yeah, yeah. I was oh, going to point that out. So uh, 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 Enzo bite is like, uh, Your Honor, this is no trial. Where's my defense? And good Judge point. Bob is like, huh, good point. Bring in the character witnesses. <laughs> it's like, yeah. that's not a def defense. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I'm like, but no, that's just bringing up witnesses. Yeah. He also, the can't call witnesses. Yeah. like The prosecution or the de defense does. So... It's not like reality. Yeah, I watched at all. a shit ton of Law and Order as a child. Okay, I and know. You can the assure legal me system. that you can defend <laughs> yourself in court. Yeah, 
<laughs> Effectively is another matter. So up the fireman poles, um, Hack and Slash come up singing Dem Bones. This is a direct reference to a bit from the... I mean, this entire like closing sequence is a... Is like more so the than prisoner. the rest of it, yeah, much more so. It's it being number seven and the game being weird, but especially all this court s- sequence, it yeah. is very much the prisoner. Uh-huh. And uh, their hack and slash's testimony is he's a very bad man, oh, and mean, <laughs> and mean, <laughs> oh, yeah, and I forgot, mean. <laughs> And then Bob turns to the jury and is like, and how does the jury find the defendant? Guilty! Guilty! And then they descend back down the pole with, like, smoke, like a wrestling exit or entrance. (laughs) And they continue singing Dem Bones. It's Dem Bones, Dem Bones, Dem. Dry Dry Bones, bones, Dem. That's and probably going to be the music at the end of this episode. It, yes. it, it's catchy. It's catchy. It has to be. I, I like, here comes the judge, too. Here comes the judge. So after he's found guilty, Enzo Bite is kind of like, but I'm Enzo. I'm your bo- brother. You must believe and me. And Doc's like, stop saying you're my brother. So she's totally denying his existence. And then she rushes to him, and he tries to grab her, and she just vaporizes and yeah. I feel like this is symbolic of Enzo, like deep down, kind of feeling like he's losing himself. Uh-huh. Like he's losing and his himself. motivations. Because the last few episodes, just to cut in quick, because my ADD will make me forget. Um, you said he's losing himself. The entire arc where he's been an adult, he's been frustrated about trying to get back home. Mm-hmm. And it almost seems like he wants to quit. Mm-hmm. So has he lost he so much of himself it. that he doesn't even want to go back? I think it's most of his he, life has been in the games. His loss in game over really just like struck him that he lost his identity as a guardian and just as a person in general. It's like I couldn't win this game, so now I'm off on this journey to find myself again. But in the back of my mind, it's like I'm still going to have that loss affecting me for the rest of my life. And that's what's going to build me into the adult I am now. Yeah, this this episode, like, um, it's interesting because it, like, basically, like, Xeroxes the prisoner. Mm-hmm. But it does explore some really interesting stuff yeah. regarding Matrix as a character. Oh, Earlier yeah. in the in the this podcast, um, I mentioned even though it, it mirrors the prisoner, especially at the end like almost one for one it does explore it that doesn't take away from it yeah yeah mm-hmm. uh so bob says something pretty big here to enzo bite he says um actions speak louder than words you betrayed the memory of your sister how does the so- jury find the defendant so that's interesting guilty and i took note on that as well cal and dot every time enzo bite said to dot i'm your brother she would deny it but now that bob says memory of your sister does bob so bob knew this entire time that enzo bite was brother to dot this entire time so he recognizes the fact that enzo is her brother well bob's his Mm self-doubt his self-doubt in this 
right? And um, the viruses manifest as um, obstacles or fears, mm -hmm. things that are very powerful that, again, he wants to be powerful, but that he doesn't want to be at what like, cost, which is why they reboot yeah. it as the, the viruses. Right. Mm -hmm. So Bob, this whole time, is his self-doubt because the last person he wants to disappoint was was Bob. Yeah, he was like and, a hero to him. And that's a perfect lead into the next note I have because in the next piece of dialogue, Matrix asks Bob for help in this situation. But even Bob, who is essentially Matrix's raison d'etre, still insists on a guilty sentence because he starts chanting it in front of his face. So there's a possible sense of betrayal by his childhood hero for everything that Matrix has, Matrix has become in this game. Yeah. And to get, I, because at this point, it's not necessarily like the individual characters, that whole like doubting himself is like I said, um, self-doubt and insecurity. Mm-hmm. That's right. why he's like saying guilty or whatever. He's kind of being confronted with the fact that, you know, you are, how much are you willing to sacrifice to? Right. And, and what do you want to become? Huh. Like it, he's still a young adult, right? And yeah. this resonates if you're a young adult watching this, mm -hmm. because man, the scariest freaking thing anyone can ask you is well what do you want to do what do you want to be you have to decide like yesterday and mm -hmm. you're like 17 18 19 20 21 all the way through your 20s sport like hey uh pro tip you never need to answer that question i'm in my 30s and i haven't answered i was just gonna question. say like i'm 36 years old now and like that is still a fucking scary ass question <laughs> to yeah. hear. what do you want to do I'm like, uh, uh, I, I, I hate that. I don't know. Um, my early adult life was ruined by people making me, um, trying to force me to like choose like a path and like stick to it, which is weird because they right. were all boomers that never went to university themselves. Yeah. So if I had any advice for young me, it wouldn't be invest in Google or anything. It would be don't listen to people older than you. Don't go to university right away. Yeah, and I'm 33. I'll be 34 next month. And I have always been inundated with the five-year plan. Like, it's actually a thing. It's oh, like you yeah, have yeah. to have short-term, long-term oh, goals. And, like, this big finish line at the end of five years. Like this. And is if you don't, you might as well kill yourself. Pretty <laughs> Total. much. Totally oh, I hate that. Yeah, I hate like, that. I yeah. To, I went are you Gemini? For, I am. Our birthdays are close. When's we're born. You're in '87 too. Interesting. Yes. Interesting. Uh, okay. It's early next month. Okay, I'm mid next monthish. Okay, yeah. so I am a week or two, uh, a week older than you. <laughs> okay, I'm on the Gemini Cancer cusp, but I'm Gemini, so. Okay. Cool. That explains all the unfinished projects. Exactly. <laughs> like I've got drive to do so much shit in my life, and then it just kind of sits. Because <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I just have a fear of finishing things, and then it's just like, okay, what's next? Or if I always have that thing in the back of my mind, like I can always do this later. Then I have seventeen other things that pile up in my brain too, and then yeah. I get like indeci like decision fatigue, and I'm on my couch for an entire day. 
Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> I have to put your birthday on my calendar now. All right. Yay. So, Christopher, are you yeah. a Gemini? Uh, no, no, I'm not. <laughs> okay, so you're not plagued with um, crippling um, project indecision? Not really, no. No. Okay. <laughs> no, uh, Which is why although, he's doing this. <laughs> well, well I, and I was just about to say, actually, me doing these shows for the past, like, nearly a year now, this is the most dedicated I've ever been to anything. Hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, gonna gonna keep doing it yeah it's kind of like when i go ahead keep on keep on trucking more shows coming soon more shows until it's christopher and i with like <laughs> white beards like <laughs> talking about um rocco's modern life and like, <laughs> I, and, in like and, the year like in the year like 2050 <laughs> yeah we're talking about like cow and chicken <laughs> Doug. <laughs> Doug, Rugrats. Hey Arnold, Rugrats, yeah. <laughs> Listen up, kids. And this week on the Teddy Ruxpin podcast, we're talking about the uh uh seventh we well see we actually passed through all thirteen episodes of Teddy Ruxpin ten years ago, but we just keep on going, you know, because we're really dedicated to the process. <laughs> Shout out to our three Patreon subscribers. <laughs> uh, sometimes it's fun to imagine being old and uh, and that cantankerous. Oh, yeah. I find it terrifying to imagine being old personally, but... Man, I can't wait to do all that gardening. Oh, my gosh. Get the running out of the way now. <laughs> so that I can do gardening later. Um, Get my marathons done now. Yeah, but see, I am a person who is legitimately, like, actively terrified of death. Okay. My and my partner I, is like day to day existential like fear of that. It wasn't until about I turned thirty three that I actually started like consciously like thinking about the fact that like oh I'm actually. Someday, and this is an inevitability, someday I am going to be grasping at my last breath, not wanting to die, but I'm going to, and there is nothing I can do about that. Yep. And that is horrifying to me. Everything has a time and everything ends. And I never thought about that until probably about three, starting about three years ago. Okay. And yeah, I'm just, <laughs> I, I'm scared, man. I'm scared. I imagine I'm Christopher scared. at like a hospital bed, like next to me. And he's all like, no, there's so much I want to do. And I'm like, oh, fuck, finally. <laughs> <laughs> You're just like, finally, I don't have to record too much Energon anymore. <laughs> <laughs> we'll write that on your gravestone. And you start playing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm actually tearing up over that one. <laughs> uh, I like that. <laughs> oh, God. 
Um, my mom has this. Uh, I get my sense of humor from from my mom, and she has a, a weird, fearless like sense of humor. And she's like, "Man, fuck, like being so old, where like I can't like walk or like drive myself anywhere. I'm going out into the woods. I'm becoming like a druid, and the wolves and the bears can get me." And the circle of life begins again. And and she's she's serious. She's just gonna disappear one day, and I'll be like, <laughs> I I have this joke with her where she'll like disappear to go get eaten by like wolves or whatever, and I'll like <laughs> wander out to go and like try to find her, and a decade or two will go by, and I'm like, there's no way she's still alive. She'd be 80, 90, or something like that. And I find her as like an old woman, like living like a druid, and she has like pet wolves and bears, and I'm like, what have you been doing? And she's like. She's like smoking, smoking a reefer, and she's like just chilling. <laughs> have, have either of you seen the uh, the animated film Wolf Walkers that came out last year? No, no. It was an Apple TV Plus original film. Okay, uh, it is a it is legitimately one of my favorite films of last year. Mm -hmm. uh, it's an animated movie that is based around uh, like uh, Gaelic folklore. Okay. Okay. And it involves a uh, uh, a girl who moves to this like town in like medieval England, moves to this town with her father because her father has been hired to take care of this like werewolf problem that the town is having. Okay. And she ends up befriending this uh, little girl, this like wild, this like really like rambunctious like wild girl. And it turns out that this girl is not a werewolf per se, but she's a wolf walker. So wolf walkers in this story, uh, when they go to sleep, their like life force leaves their human body and becomes a corporeal uh, wolf, okay. sentient wolf. Um, and uh, this girl ends up becoming a, uh, a wolf walker herself because of plot riddle. Plot related yeah. reasons, um, but it's it's a fantastic film. Uh, it's very heartwarming. It's very touching. The animation is gorgeous. I go highly, I hundred and fifty percent recommend checking it out. One okay. of the best we'll movies of twenty twenty. All right, I have to check that wow, out. Let's okay, see. I will. Yeah, uh, and my... listeners, Wolf Walkers, watch Wolf that. Wolf Walkers. Uh, there's also a werewolf, old werewolf movie called um, Dog Soldiers. That if you want a scary werewolf movie, that is the I've best one it. I've ever seen. It's a UK film, and it is spooky and has oh, the dog. scariest. Who directed that? He went on to to do bigger things. Yes, I think you and I have talked about it off air one time. That particular director. So um, it's funny that you were talking about Gaelic. I was talking with Lady Glitch um, about having a Gaelic name. Mm -hmm. Which I and, find absolutely um, fascinating. And you can't, mine is not complicated. Like I've, I've seen some spelling of Gaelic names that have like an A, E, and O, and you're supposed to pronounce it like. Yeah. Like it, the, the, the pronunciation of some Gaelic names are weird. I didn't think mine's that that weird. Nope. Have to just change my uh, name tag at work to to Cal because I will get everything else. Yeah, no. Didn't think it was complicated, but oh. it, it can be. I meant a Kaylee. 
that was spelled C A E L like E U G H or something like that. Like it's just way out there. Oh yeah, yeah. I I think there was a D in it. I think there was a D in it. Actually. And I was oh, like, like Calliday, and they were like oh, Kaylee. C e i l i d g h. That was it. They're, they Celiday. Yeah, I was like yeah, Celiday. It's, it's pronounced Kaylee, and they're like, and it's the game that was it. Thank you. Irish Scottish dance party. Thank you. Yeah, it was like what was it? C e l i d h. C e i l i d g h. D g h. Yeah. And then there it was, are some it was other something like that. It was a variation yeah. of that, and I was like, what? <laughs> so it's not that bad. Uh, so existentialism and uh, werewolves aside, yes, uh, which I would like to the... talk about those things, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> um, but to get back into uh, the we episode, can do a show about wolf walkers sometime. <laughs> there, there we go. go. Everything goes black. That's where we cut mm. off. Yep, and now we got the post court slash the Vin window sequence. And it's that's right. It's just Enzobite. And mm -hmm. Hexadecimal appears behind him and says, so, you've killed everyone. Think about the verbiage used. She actually says the word kill. You don't often hear that in the reboot series. Oh, so yeah. You don't often hear that word in children's cartoons, period. That too. But they actually use it. She didn't say deleted. Like, yeah. Huh? And then she's like, yeah. He's confronted with a gigantic floating mask of hexadecimal mm -hmm. she's really channeling like emperor palpatine vibes he's like good feel the hatred haven't you figured it out yet i have and then it goes multi-mask and we all have and it just echoes yeah that's creepy all the the masks with different glowing colored eyes um mm -hmm. red green blue rgb um yeah. all fly at him with all their different expressions and they just repeat, we all have. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, the, this, this is getting really weird. Yeah. Weirder and, speaking, and weirder. And speaking of the weirdness, I started drawing parallels between this sequence and identity crisis part two, because both dot and Enzo go through their own personal identity crises oh. with similar different elements, such as they have no idea what the fuck is happening. Um, they both deny the existence of each other because in that episode, Dot walks into the diner and Enzo says, no, my sister's not here. She got obliterated in a GameCube. So we got that. And then Dot's denying Enzo's existence in this episode. They're both trying to find Bob. There's both similar musical themes happening with the instrumentation between both episodes. And then after seeing what could potentially happen to themselves in these episodes, they both take control of the situation, which we'll find out in a few minutes after the sequence is over. You're hired. Thank you. <laughs> New co-host, ladies and gentlemen. Hey! <laughs> what you are experiencing is a temporary, temporary distortion, distortion of reality. Tell then... me, who is number one? <laughs> I am number one. And it's a vid window mirror mirroring megabyte. Real Enzo megabyte. Byte. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Says that I am the driving force in your life. I am hatred. 
I drive I, you on and consume you. I love the fact that he punctuates, I am hatred. Like, this is what I am in your life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because all of this is just parts of Enzo, as we've talked about. Yep. And so that manifests as Megabyte. Mm -hmm. And then he gets so really that's and smashes the what, window. That, Which was kind of the, the, the crux of the climax of the prisoner as well. Mm -hmm. Like, turns out number six was actually number one, and it was all like basically like the negative parts of him, essentially. And, and it's interesting because he's like, oh, I like I hate you. So Enzo hates himself to some extent. And I think part of this like vision quest. This, this dream scape mm -hmm. is Enzo learning to not hate himself. Mm -hmm. Like he's a megabyte because he hates megabyte. So part of him hates himself. Mm -hmm. and, and indeed megabyte morphs into matrix. matrix. Adult matrix. Yeah. And I don't know if he will, this dream scape will help him. But maybe it'll help him not completely blame himself for everything. Mm -hmm. It's all his point. past influences staying in his subconscious and he's tapping into all of it. So I, I hope, even though this was a semi-coma dream, <laughs> as we'll find <laughs> out in a bit, I hope this was healing in some way for him. Mm -hmm. Because everything was out of his control. And he did more than he mm -hmm. should have been allowed to even do yeah and matrix not having control has been a recurring theme for so long now mm -hmm. yeah yep. so we get to adult matrix in the vid window and he's like i Talking am i care for no one which is his that's, internal and he pleads with himself yeah. yeah he says that's not true in reply to i only care about number one myself it's like, but I and, love Andrea. But he also looks down at the same time, which nonverbal body language. He's like, I'm also kind of ashamed to admit that. It's like, do I really love Andrea? Is, am I just saying that to save face? Or I don't. I don't think he was looking down as if to lie. I think he was looking for answers, and he didn't really have anything else beside that or maybe you're right maybe maybe he felt like he didn't have much or that he was lying to himself mm -hmm. mm, curious because the the reflection of him says you don't love anyone else but yourself yep just looking out for number one and, and he, he reacts how he shouldn't react he shoots the mm -hmm. vid window of himself mm -hmm. and he thinks that's going to end the game and it doesn't which I feel like that's him still not really wanting to face reality. Yeah, he that's still it, his, delusional. It, He'd be yeah, trapped yeah. in a coma for like two seasons if, <laughs> if uh, that was the case. Like that so TV he, so show. He, so he'd be like Archer then. Yeah. Wasn't there a kid's TV show, a live action show? that was in a fantasy realm and all the characters were kids, but it was actually about a kid that like fell out of a tree and like went into a coma. Maybe there was. Yeah. EV show about kid <laughs> in coma. Also the Archer the Odyssey. Joke. 
the the Archer joke was because Archer spent like three seasons in a coma. Oh, geez. and yeah, like three seasons of that show were him in a coma, like living out and like just living out like whatever like bullshit was going on in his head. Do either of you remember the Odyssey? The book or the show or the movie? The TV show. No. They made a show? There's a trip. 1992 to 1994. Oh, I was busy watching. It sounds really familiar. There are like Nazis that are adults. Well, not literal Nazis, but they're they're wearing gray and they're in German Nazi outfits. And they're like the regime and they're trying to find him. And it's like a fantasy sci-fi where like his friends are... It's weird. He like comes out of the coma momentarily, and all of it is so real and like vivid. Like he wants to go back, and then you're like, "Holy shit, this is like weird and deep." But then you find out it's like another reality that's not just in his coma. Because for a while he's like, "I'm like, is he gonna kill himself or put himself in a coma again? What is this show? It's way too deep for a kid show. It's called The Odyssey. It's it's Bwong. wild. <laughs> so that that. What what's going on here is um child Enzo, the original is the OG, mocking, if you will. Is yeah, OG Enzo is kind of mocking. Oh, he's got tears in his eyes. Yeah, I actually have that down. 2014, the timestamp. You can look in his eyes. I don't know if it's a reflection or he's upset. But he has he's like he's tears cooling. Yeah, because he's he looks disgusted at his adult self as to what he is going to become later on in life. It's like, what the fuck? I think that's just light reflecting on his eyes because I don't see tears. No, it's 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 water pooling. I, I can see it. They don't, like, fall down his face, but he's got... But they're there. Yeah, and he's like, do you think this is a game? Do you? But Do you think this do... is a game? <laughs> But to Christopher's credit, though, like, I think it might be weird lighting because when he narrows his eyes, it goes away. Tears don't suck themselves back up into your eyes. I'm pretty sure it's just lighting. Yeah, I think you're right. I'm looking at it again. But almost thought they were tears. Nice little hypothesis. (laughs) But the the back and forth is he's like, well, how? You're me. But you hate me. You must look at what you've become. And the vo- his voice is so disgusted. It's like, this is just purely amazing writing done by, the, by uh, Dan DiDito. You're wrong. I had to become bigger, tougher. I had uh, well, to be ready for Megabyte. Uh, he's a great writer uh, unto his own right. He's had a pretty mm-hmm. prolific uh, career in comic books. Like he was... Yep. Uh, like uh he was editor in chief of DC Comics for a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm not surprised you so, wrote. I, I said at the beginning of this season, I'm like, wow, they actually hired real writers for this season. Right. <laughs> yeah. I remember listening to I remember listening to Mend Mend and Defend and you made that mention. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so says to Matrix, so you like the games more than mainframe? More than your family. Yeah. And then he's like, why no. would he? Yeah. Why would he question that? Is it because I don't think that Matrix really believes it, but I think he's questioning himself because the most competent Matrix has ever been has been this big tough guy 
defeating games easily. Right. Yeah. It's like when people do mention family to you in that kind of an aggressive sense, people get very, very defensive. They get very rooted back into, I guess, their beginnings and they want to defend that. And we can kind of see that here. And he's trying to deflect it. He's like, no, no, I didn't. I was trapped in the games. Or maybe he's mentioning family he's in that Fast and the Furious kind of way where everything <laughs> is about family, man. And you look over and as you pull up to like a stop sign and a buddy's like beside you and you just nod as his ghostly specter goes off in another direction from you. Drives need... off into the sunset. Oh my god! <laughs> I need to get you guys to Universal and have you ride the Fast and the Furious ride because that, that's love that. all there is. Yes. Uh, here's a fun that. fact: <laughs> I haven't seen a single Fast and the Furious movie since Too Fast, Too Furious in theaters back in like 2003. Well, there you go. Is that the one I was referencing? Uh, no, I think you were referencing no, like Fast at Furious Seven or something. Yeah, yeah, the one uh, that was the one that was shooting while Paul Walker died. I, I gotta say, uh, there's some my there's some teary I, moments in that. I listen to a shit ton of movie podcasts, so like even if I haven't seen a really popular movie, I've basically heard it discussed you, like you to feel death. It. So yeah. I, I'm familiar. Mm -hmm. So I I don't think this is like him getting defensive. I think this is him directly referencing all of the times where he has felt like he wants to give up finding mainframe. Mm -hmm. Cause it's like, well, why do you want to give up? Do you hate your family? And he's like, well, no, what the heck? I had no choice. I was trapped in the games. So his biggest enemy has, is, is himself. Mm -hmm. Cause if we go back to what Fong said <laughs> back in season one, it's like the future is not determined by a throw of the dice. It is determined by the conscious decisions of you. You are in control of your future. You got to make it happen. No one else is going to do it for you. So, you know, I think he's doing fine. Yeah. I, I like matrix <laughs> and Enzo Enzo points to matrix and he says, no, you don't. You killed my family, my family. You've forgotten your family. Yeah. Uh that's that's rough. Cuz he's like you let yourself become a prisoner of the games and he looks him mm -hmm. up and down and he's like what would Bob think of you now? Oh. And I'm like Kid Sick burn, bro. Fuck Sick off. Burn. <laughs> <laughs> all the stops in this dialogue. Like it, it's it to in my opinion Matrix is so much more capable than Bob ever was. Like if he had shown if there was a time yeah, machine yeah. and he went back to old uh, mainframe at the time of when he was a kid, Bob um, escapes responsibility, right? Um, Bob is, let's face it, he's kind of dumb, right? Um, Bob shows mercy when he shouldn't. Mm -hmm. uh, that's a good and bad thing. We've talked about that yeah. on the show. And we'll continue but to like, see that as the rest of the season goes. But Matrix... Uh, he, he's more capable. <laughs> he's just yep. Christopher agrees. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. And then Enzo does some weird shit, and he holds up a golf ball, and he says, "Bob, there can be only one." As he holds the golf mm -hmm. ball up to his eye. Here we are, born to be kings. <laughs> We're the princes of the universe. Yeah. 
yeah, those <laughs> we can't go single. <laughs> those uh, those Highlander references we make all the time are finally starting to pay off, you know. So the BCing you and the golf ball, the BCing you thing uh-huh. from the prisoner, the golf ball turns gigantic and like liquid, and like slams into Matrix, uh-huh. suffocating him. It's just symbolism for he got hit in the head with a golf ball, folks. Yep. <laughs> in a game. Because he wake, wakes up. Presumably, this is the real reality now. Yeah, he's like gasping for air. Yeah. Andrea's laughing. Oh, the mighty Matrix knocked for a loop by an errant golf ball. And he touches his forehead. Cut. Yeah, he's got a little, I think there's a little red there, mm-hmm. or a little goose egg or something there. He's apparently not, he, uh, he's he, not rebooted. I was either. about to say, apparently he got knocked out before he had a chance to even reboot. Because Andrea has rebooted. Mm-hmm. She's in like um a summer like golf outfit. I like this oh, hat cool. she's wearing. Yeah, sun hat. I like that the um the I got a thing uh, for hats. The <laughs> the sprites. I'm not sure if maybe one of them is the user. The other golfers. The other golfers are uh shark. Wearing a T-shirt and black hat, a sombrero, just just a sombrero, and Hobbs, a little like plush, like adorable tiger, yeah, mm-hmm. wearing uh, like a, a black cap. <laughs> As I mentioned earlier, that tiger is fucking adorable and it probably is. the cutest thing in this show that I've seen thus far. Um, this is actually a reference to something. Oh, and yeah, it's I... three famous golfers. Yes. Well, one's Tiger Woods, I assume. And uh, so a, reference, about... a reference to famous professional golfers Greg the Shark Norman, Lee the Merry Mex Trevino, okay. and Tiger Woods. Um, I was going to say, um, but, I, but I waited. Like the, the hat is even kind of like the, the hats that Tiger Woods wears. Yeah. I, I think the the hat, the sombrero, is a reference to Lee the Merry Max Trevino. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> I assume, I assume as well. I just didn't know who it was referencing because I know nothing about golf. But Tiger Woods, yeah, same, like, famously, same. got so famous and so popular mm-hmm. at the height that it permeated into the common pop culture. Oh yeah, it's like Wayne Gretzky. You can know nothing about um, hockey. <laughs> And if somebody says that name, they're gonna go. They're not gonna go. Who was he? A famous baseball player? No. <laughs> Michael Jordan, right? Mm-hmm. Iconic for the the sport. Yep. Cal Ripken Jr. Yeah. The Rock. Stone Cold. Mm-hmm. The Undertaker. I feel like more people know wrestling icons than they'd w- be willing to admit. <laughs> That's because there was a a, a time in uh, in modern society where like pretty much everyone watched wrestling. The time has passed, but there there was a time Who around the time this episode. Where the road goes. <laughs> so Enzo says something that's interesting. He's like, "No, no more waiting. Uh-huh. Uh, we've been living like viruses, infecting games and systems." This has to end. We're taking control. Uh-huh. Search for so, mainframe and Bob begins now. And I'm like, what have you guys been doing? Yeah, and like, how are you like, 
how are you going to do that exactly? You're kind of limited to uh, like wherever the user takes you. You're kind of limited like to gumption, whether though. to to I whether know. like the user decides to lend the floppy disk of this like golf game to his buddy over in the next cubicle. Like exactly. But I'm gonna I'm gonna echo Cal and be like he's rededicating his original purpose. So yay, confidence. Yeah, I, I like that. And ambition. Good. I like the gumption, and I he like just gotta like, believe it, it. It. I don't know how he's going to do that stuff. I. I thought they have been, but it's his morale and the psyche that have been pumped up. And I like that he's like, now who hit that golf ball? And he's he takes gonna, out his gun. He's gonna keep doing the exact same thing he's been doing for the 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 last couple episodes, but now he's gonna feel better about doing it. That's right. Mm-hmm. And he's like, gun command line targeting and he points his gun at the adorable like sprite playing golf <laughs> and they run don't shoot that tiger please no. please enzo <laughs> be seeing you and then it's presumed he just shoots them can you imagine <laughs> playing that game and then <laughs> can you imagine playing that game and, and you're playing the cute little tiger of course right and the, your opponents are um a sombrero a shark and a really detailed, like, uh, like nautical themed, like tall girl that you've never seen in the game before, and then all of a sudden, like an '80s action hero stands up and like points a gun at you and just shoots you all dead, and you get like a game <laughs> over screen, even though it's a golf game. Uh, I think we've talked about that before. But oh, yeah. endlessly. But I, I always yeah. think it's like funny whenever they do something outside the context of the game, and the user's like. What the fuck? What was that? Dude, I'm playing MLB The Show and like someone just <laughs> fired a fucking rocket launcher at me. What the hell? And he had blue skin. <laughs> and silver hair. <laughs> and he was flying around on like this weird like disjointed hoverboard type thing. <laughs> the uh, hell kind of baseball seen, game is this? Have we ever seen a zip board in a game? I don't uh, think so. No, I don't think so. No. Huh, I never thought about that before. Do they disappear until the game's over? I th- yeah, because they often fly into the game with the zip board, and then but then the zip board's again. not there. Uh-huh. Interesting. Huh. So but you can't because... bring gear that can help you into it. Yes, you can, because in Bad Bob, Bob brings his car in. Oh. Oh, and yeah, then, yeah. Yeah, Good and point. Enzo brings his little hovercraft doodad in there. Yep. And Fong is in there. Yeah. With something. <laughs> with something. With the copter. Yeah. Huh. Hmm. Maybe zip boards are different. Maybe. Maybe they have to be like a certain um size? A certain size, like a certain megabytes worth of data to be able to enter into a GameCube and like not be obliterated. Because zip At least one like megabytes things. worth of data. Yeah. Uh Viruses can't enter games without being messed up. Right. So when Matrix is like, I'm tired no, of... No, no. We, we, like... We've seen Megabyte be in a game before just Oh, fine. wait. He was in, just fine. Wait. When, yeah, sorry, in games collide. That. The only reason yeah. he was so fucked up in Bad Bob was because he fell into the, the core energy. Mm-hmm. He, was, like, he was in the process melted. of being deleted. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it kind of saved his life. Yeah. 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 
But yeah, uh, he but was you're fine. Right. He was just normal, and when games collide, yeah, he yeah. was he's running just around, he, he getting chased by a like tank T Rex. Yeah, but they just can't reboot. So he was like pawing at the the <laughs> missiles flying at him. Yeah, he just <laughs> yeah, can't reboot. All right, so uh, with that out of the way, do we have any closing statements before we jump into our ratings, or should we get to it? I think not. No. <laughs> I covered all my notes, all seven pages of it, so... I'm, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad. We've had guests on with many pages before, and we, <laughs> we did not touch on anything they had written down. Uh, Alright, so here on Alphanumeric, we have three tier rating system. The bottom... Being sorry, we have four. This is not too much energon. <laughs> this is alphanumeric. Um, sorry, I almost went full Sniddler, where we only have two. <laughs> um, yeah, so Dinobot in his robot farm, in his robot farm. <laughs> I can't remember which one of us said farm. Was it me? I did. It was you? definitely me. Yeah, uh, now I want to draw that Dinobot like live like the chronicles of. Dino. Anyways, that's a different podcast. <laughs> um, we have starting from the bottom. That was bad, very bad. I don't think so. That was easy enough. And alphanumeric. Nidler's favorite rating. <laughs> um, let's start with our guest. Yes, let us start with Lady Glitch. Okay. What is your rating for this episode? Okay, I am going to flat out give this an alphanumeric episode. I believe it's one of the best written season three um, episodes that has been produced and probably out of the entire reboot series because we just dive into Matrix's psyche as deep as it is. And then we also get to touch on the other characters as well and what their thought processes are. So I think the level of, of depth that is explored um, in this episode is just fantastic. And then it just kind of sets us up really nicely for the rest of um, of season three because we are at the halfway point, so. Shit. Oh, wow. Yeah. Alphanumeric. Wait, okay. no, we're not. We're not yet because season three has 16 episodes. This is only episode seven. What a weird number. Oh. Next week's right. the halfway point. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I actually had to think about that for a second. <laughs> I'm like, wait, are we? Oh. I can match. No, wait. Christopher Siege, what is your rating of number seven? I'm going to go against the room here a little bit, and uh, I think I'm going to give it a I don't think so. Okay. I, I'm joking. <laughs> 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 no, but I'm not giving it an alphanumeric. I'm going to give it a uh, uh, that was easy enough. I like the we got to explore like what was going on in Matrix's head. Like I think uh, there was a lot of development with that character, a lot of self-discovery. Um, I think the episode was a little too de derivative, though. Like in previous in previous episodes, like they've kind of taken a mishmash of different influences and like kind of mush them together as 
like except the last one. Except the, <laughs> well, the last one was that like one Star was Trek unbearable. meets. That's the throwaway meets, episode. Last week was Star Trek meets DC Universe Online. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Uh. But but no, like for the most part in previous episodes, like they've taken like a whole wide range of they've drawn from a whole wide range of uh, influences, influences and kind of made their own thing out of it whereas this is basically just the prisoner especially the end especially um there were yeah the setup for the episode is basically the same as well though because like in the prisoner dude gets knocked out he wakes up in like a basically like a fake like a recreated version of his town um yeah yeah so i i think it's just a little too derivative i think if they had kind of mixed brought in if they had homaged like more things mm-hmm. and not just like or essentially done followed it or loosely followed it and not just essentially done a straight up adaptation of the prisoner then i would be rating it high higher i still really enjoyed the episode though and like i thought it was a real like uh surreal kind of mind fuck of an episode which was not something this morning i was expecting to to see when i put on this week's episode of reboot so it it's a high that was easy enough okay i think the Neo Cal rating of number seven is that was easy enough. The episode I've explained to myself before in the past, it can have some of the best moments mm-hmm. in it that are memorable and that are important. But if it's not iconic or really memorable or lends a lot to the show, it can detract from it. I think a lot of airtime was wasted on playing um, the uh, what's that famous movie where like the mom and daughter switch bodies? Um, uh, Freaky, Freaky Friday. Friday. Freaky Friday. So a lot of the humor was on that gimmick. Mm-hmm. And symbolically, if it's done like right, uh, I really like it. Like l- letting yourself abuse power is something we didn't talk about on the show. But that mm-hmm. whole like, well, if you can abuse power, to what extent would you would you chase it or pursue it, or would you mm-hmm. give up some of that power because it's the right thing to do? And I liked exploring that through Megabyte and Hexadecimal as their rebooted mm-hmm. forms, mm-hmm. but. I had pointed out while we were watching it that there was a lot of, like, why is the camera, why is the viewer following um, fake and fake Dot and fake Bob and fake Fong mm-hmm. so much? Like, I, I don't care. We're, one, we're never going to see them again. Two, it's not not real. And three, it's not even Enzo's memories of what they would act like. They're like versions of him but not clear um not the symbology isn't even clear until the very end like Mm -hmm. bob doesn't act like 
like Enzo or Bob up until the very end when he becomes um when he becomes like a metaphor for his self loathing mm -hmm. and his fear and stuff. But up to that point, up to the last little bit, he's just like a weird skeptical like game sprite. So I feel a lot is lost up until we get to that last point. And mm -hmm. I wanted more Andrea and Enzo exploring power and which which they did but i didn't understand a lot of it and it's one of those ones where while you're watching it you're like oh cool but a year after you just remember it as like the the um the vision quest episode and like the little like here comes the judge and the, the snappy mm -hmm. like ending but everything going up to that is not quite what I'd like it to have an alphanumeric rating. Okay. So I, I didn't remember this episode at all. So yeah, <laughs> I just remembered golf and like vision quest <laughs> and the courtroom. Yeah. Yeah. So close, but, but no, no cigar could have been. And I think that is, that's our wrap up. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, anybody listening, if you disagree and you have your own rating, feel free to write it out in YouTube comments. Uh, send us an email if you want. Um, you can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash lasercomb, uh, L-A-Z-O-R-C-O-M-B. I'm going to do a shout out to um, a few places where you can find us. If that's all right with, with all of you. Go mm -hmm. nuts. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Christopher Siege is Lasercomb on Twitter, uh, spelled the same way. And uh, Lady Glitch mm -hmm. is at Lady Glitch, and I think it's 1-9. 619. So close. <laughs> Lady so Glitch close. 619. And if you find her and there's a whole bunch of reboot stuff, right on the that the bio that's that's definitely her As and you could find you could find me uh at neo underscore cal with a k uh i mostly just like what what they they say and do um sometimes <laughs> upload pictures of the sunset or ducks <laughs> or mountains or whatever i get around to Yay, nature. <laughs> uh, we do have a website if you want to find us at um, alphanumericpodcast.ca www.alphanumericpodcast.ca So you can listen to us on the browser through that if you want to. You can find us almost everywhere, right, Christopher? Mm -hmm. Spotify, um, Google, uh, sorry, Apple Music. Uh, what am I missing here? Uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and a whole oh, bunch Amazon of providers Music. I've never even heard of. It's, like, it's out who there. The, who the fuck listens to Deezer? I don't know, but apparently a bunch of our listeners. <laughs> I don't know, but people listen to our shows on Deezer. So uh, shout out to, to you guys who listen to us on Deezer. Uh, you can also find me on Instagram at Christopher Siege, S-I-E-G-E. Mm -hmm. And you can find uh, me on Instagram as well under Lady Glitch six one nine. Oh, there you go. I'm going to guess that's your area code. Yes, it is not. It's my birthday. I oh. was going to say it's clearly oh, right. our birthday right. because we just right, right. talked. 
I I feel really dumb for saying that, so I'm gonna edit. Oh, that, that's okay. <laughs> you know how many people actually ask me that, but no, yeah, and no. you know why? Because like we were talking about California earlier, mm -hmm. and the wrestler Ray Mysterio is from the six one nine. Uh, area code which is in california and his one of his signature moves he called the 619 gotcha uh, so like that's where my brain went okay no that that's a valid hypothesis um i actually i come from system pennsylvania that's where i grew up so definitely Shit. no 619s yeah. over there <laughs> no um system pennsylvania yes and i have game hopped up and down the east coast for the last six years so it's all right is that like vampires, but with uh, stationary products? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Pennsylvania. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll tell the story about that. It, it involves like one of my biggest like brain fart moments in my entire life. Um, before we sign off, uh, one thing I just wanted to mention was... Uh, couple weeks ago we were talking about like maybe casting the um uh, a live action reboot movie i don't know if you remember that cal oh yeah that's right yeah yeah we we're talking about uh like who we think should play like characters in a live action right. reboot movie oh, yeah. so um youtube user chris g uh, says wants to throw his hat into the recommendations. He says, "Oh, uh, Liam Hemsworth as Matrix, Alicia Debnam Carey as Andrea, and Danny DeVito as Hardboot." Now well, I don't know who Alicia uh, Debnam Carey. Got me. I'm uh, I'm googling her now. She's an Australian actress. Uh, okay. Apparently, she is on Fear the Walking Dead. Oh, right, she's the the daughter on Fear the Walking Dead. All right, which I watched the oh, first season okay. of. Okay, it's the, it's the facial structure. She's got that kind of like. I can see it. I can see it. That's good. I like yeah. that. Our uh, our old buddy uh, Cone Killer Confusor uh, chimes in, uh, saying Channing Tatum as Matrix. Which I think he's a little old for the role at this point. I would also say that about Danny DeVito as Hardboot. Yeah, why? Da da <laughs> <laughs> I I don't. That's the one I don't 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 understand. I know he was doing it for comical effect, but I was like, no, no. Terrible. Liam Hemsworth as Matrix. I can get behind that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We should get around to, to making our own to our making, own, making our own like fan list. Maybe we'll yeah. do that uh next week because next week is the last episode of this like this arc uh, of this arc which means another shadow raiders podcast coming up soon uh-oh you guys remember shadow raiders <laughs> do you <laughs> it was called war planets in the united states basically there's a, a masculine blue guy but his name isn't 
isn't Bob. It's it's Rockman, and there's a Fire Boy, and there's an Ice King. Woo! Shadow uh, Raiders. Uh, before we get out of here, too, like I, I also want to mention, uh, I did start a new podcast recently where uh, me and my co-host, we it's a bi-weekly podcast. We talk about uh, films that are based on books, and we contrast and compare the book with the film adaptation. It's called Based On. The first episode that's out is about the very controversial 90s book and film, Fight Club. So go and check that out. You can find it on this very, if you're watching the video version, you can find it on this very YouTube channel. And if you want to hear the audio version, uh, the app, Apple hasn't approved the podcast yet. They're, they seem to be kind of dragging their feet, but it's available everywhere else. So just look for Based On or look for Lasercomb. Yes. So I think that about does it for this week. Yeah. Yeah, I, I am talked out. I don't know what else to say. Well, what I will say is I have been one of your hosts, Christopher Siege. I'm I'm your other host, NeoCal. <laughs> and, and, and I've been your guest host, Lady Glitch. <laughs> it was great having you on. Thank yeah, you so it was much great. for having me. This it's so good to fun. finally have a professional <laughs> fan on the show. A, tr a true expert. <laughs> Thank you. It's because... been finally nice to have a conversation with you guys that's not in text form on a social media platform. Right? Yes. And now right. the world gets to enjoy it as well. Yes. And on that note, until next week, be seeing ya. Be seeing ya. Who is number one? Well, is it a hook, crack, and dry bones? Is it a hook, crack, and dry bones? Is it a hook, crack, and dry bones? Now hear the word of the Lord. Is it a hook, crack, and dry bones? Is it a hook, crack, and dry bones? Neck bone, your neck bone connected to you Headphone now